Alyssa, where are we? Um, we are in a little baby park across from the state park. Right? Yes, the much bigger park. Yes, the much bigger yes. park that we literally did not know existed until last night. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd like seen it from the street, but mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's some soccer fields. Yeah. It's more. It's more. It's very cute out mm -hmm. here. Why are we here, Shan? Because we just saw a real live show. We did. With people. It was crazy. Like an audience. Not yeah. in their cars. Um, yeah. For the first time. I mean, we saw Macbeth in the in fall. Our cars. In, the, in our cars. Mm -hmm. And then this. And but, before that, yeah. do you remember the last thing you saw? Like live and in person outside of an art. Yikes. While you're thinking, I'll tell you that mine was Miss Saigon and I've been mad about it <laughs> since the pandemic. Oh no. Uh, I don't remember what the last thing was. So we don't know, well, I don't know what I saw last, but um, this was this was nice. It was a really good way to like come back to a a show space because it was outside and it was very low-key and mm -hmm. they really put in the work to make everybody comfortable yeah um yeah it felt very strangely intimate even though we were still like spaced out mm -hmm. um i think the space like lent itself to that which was cool and the actors did a, a little bit of cheating to the audience which is easy to do in a shakespeare play anyway but it definitely made you feel like we're all in this together. Yes. It's fine. And um, I feel like I'm going to be talking about this maybe until the day one of us dies. But, <laughs> like, use of mask in the theater. I thought they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Like, it wasn't distracting for the most part, which I think is yeah. the biggest thing you can hope to accomplish. And there were times when I felt like, in addition to not being distracting, it, like, served the story because it helped you understand familiar relationships. Because, like, yeah. two people would be talking without a mask, they would run into a stranger and put it on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, smart, cool. Yeah, especially when it. you have people playing multiple parts. It distinguishes, like, oh, yeah, right, they're right now related. Right. In another scene, they were not. Yeah. Um, that helps. So I thought that was cool. And the fact that they were able to compensate as far as audio. I'm, I'm always impressed with their ability to um, use the tech to the best of their ability and in a lot of weird spaces, especially outdoors, mm -hmm. acoustics are terrible. And I maybe missed a couple lines, but barely. Oh, and that's yeah. through masks and with two speakers. And outside audio. Mm -hmm. So pretty impressive. Yep. <clears throat> um, and I'll also say like the use of music, I was <laughs> obsessed with because it was yes. like every famous TikTok sound right now was at some point used. Yeah. Um, and then they closed with like a Lana Del Rey song. And right? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was trying to explain it to my mom and was like, yeah, like TikTok songs. Like, you have no idea what that means. Never mind. It, it, it worked. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially because the time, like otherwise, like the set was very ambiguous. The costumes were a little ambiguous time-wise. Mm -hmm. But it sort of grounded it in this very like zillennial <laughs> reality of like yes. being a child that was yeah. interesting um yeah so i don't think we've actually said it but we saw romeo and juliet that's the show yeah we saw, we saw it that's the show <laughs> um how many times in total do you think you've seen romeo and juliet just like anywhere ever if you had to guess 
six or seven. Okay. I think. I, if we're not counting, well, are we counting films? If we're counting just stage play, six or seven. Yeah, I think just films like and films and adaptations, probably closer to like blood curdling screams. <laughs> Um, I think they found a creepy crawly thing in the creek. <laughs> I think so. And they are barefoot and very brave. Yes. Yes, they are. But that's children for you. There you go. Um, six or seven feels about right to me. If you don't count, like, my own version that I watched 12 well, times. Well, I, I count that because I only saw it the once, but yes. I saw it many times. Right. But yeah, six or seven feels about right, but it's probably... That or Alice in Wonderland are the shows that I've seen the most. Um, yeah. With, like, Pride and Prejudice, probably, like, a distant third. But I've seen that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. If you had film, then, yeah, those are probably all even. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many versions of it, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with Romeo and Juliet, when you throw in the many weird children's versions and, yeah. like, musical versions and... Spark Notes YouTube version. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like lots of people, both with Romeo and Juliet, but more so with Pride and Prejudice, because it's a little bit more nebulous as far as you don't have to follow to strict rules as much. Mm-hmm. But someone recently recommended a book to me, and I downloaded it on my Kindle. I got like halfway through, and I was like, this is a Pride and Prejudice retelling. <laughs> and I looked it up, and I was like, yep, this is That's a Pride exactly and Prejudice retelling. What it is. Yep. Um, I, I know I have, like, a very distinct memory of watching, um, Romeo and Juliet for the first time because it was the first play I was in in high school, which we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a sophomore and we watched the super old 1960s version with, um, Olivia, what's her name? She's like super long, dark hair. She's beautiful, yes. and the Zac Efron lookalike guy. Yeah. Um, I don't think the acting in that one is like amazing. <laughs> um, but I think I don't think there's an actress alive who can like take a close up to the face like the girl playing Juliet can, and just look so like doe eyed and yeah. like innocent I guess is the word I'm looking for um so I think that carries the the whole thing over a lot but more importantly I watched the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes and that is still one of my all-time favorite movies I love that and I know people get mad who are like Shakespeare they're using guns instead of swords they're using guns (laughs) (laughs) But I think, like, oh, it's so, well, I love Baz Luhrmann as a director because visually he does these, like, really stunning and unique things. And he's so good at pulling your focus really quickly. Hmm. I feel like I have probably watched that easily ten times in as many years. And... I still see new things that he, like, throws in as references to the text and Shakespeare at large and, like, foreshadowing that he does. I think he does a really good job of modernizing it. And people are going to be mad at me. (laughs) And I think his cuts are pretty good. Like, 
Um, I think the fact that he has only left us with a Romeo and Juliet when his Midsummer Night's Dream would be oh my so word. trippy and amazing um, is really just a travesty. But I love it so much. Um, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a great Romeo. I, for me, that's one of um, the highlights of his film career, I f- mm. feel like. Um, yeah, I've, I've got nothing against that one. I thought it was weird. But then I really can't say anything against Baz Luhrmann because he made my favorite movie. So, you know, I really, like, yes. it's just the Red Curtain trilogy was grand. It just, he's, he goes big. Like, yeah. it's very glam and you're not mad about it. No, like, it's, it's so big and so shiny and it works. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, like, more than that Romeo and Juliet, I love Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. You love Strictly Ballroom. Mm-hmm. I just think, like... And this is what's great about both Moulin Rouge and his Romeo and Juliet. The endings are sad. Um, and he gives you a romp and, like, bright lights, big colors, big feelings, big humor, the whole movie. And and he goes so hard on that. And then he goes just as hard on breaking your heart mm-hmm. and, like, doesn't let off the gas at all for those endings which are big and emotional and like difficult and I know people are have like a lot of polarizing opinions about his filmmaking it's very dramatic very dramatic I mean the big moments are huge and which makes the very soft moments very soft Mm -hmm. but it's one of the I think I think like as a theater person the first time I watched a Baz Luhrmann movie I was like I want to make shows that look like this, mm-hmm. which is so bizarre because he's so over the top. And yeah, that not makes really no me. sense. <laughs> but it's, the whole time you're watching it, it's so intense. Yeah. And that, I think that's like the feeling that I want people to walk away with. A lot of times when I'm watching a movie, I always sort of feel like, well, I can look away and I'm not going to miss something. But he's so over the top that like you definitely will. Yeah. You'll miss a little detail. You'll miss... The fact like that the guns are etched with like Shakespeare quotes or whatever is going on yeah. in Romeo and Juliet. Like you'll miss it if you look away. Um, and there's so much to look at. Yeah. So I'm I'm out here pulling for him to make I think he'd make a really good Tempest. And I think he'd make a really good Midsummer. <clears throat> those would those be excellent. But if he's insistent on doing another tragedy do Macbeth. <laughs> there you go. I th- that one, that one intense the whole time. Like, that's already intense the whole time. It is already intense the whole there's time. There's very few like down moments in that whole show. No, there's really there's yikes. There's really not. They throw in one drunk guy one time, and they're like, yeah. "This is all you get." <laughs> and sometimes that guy gets cut. So you know, lots of times that guy gets cut. <laughs> like we don't need that. We don't need them to take a breath. Okay, thank you. Sad, sad, sad. Yes, go, 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 and death. Um, so of all the Shakespeare-ness of Romeo and Juliet out in the world, what do you like the best? <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know. I really like West Side Story. It's not Romeo and Juliet, but it is um, pretty much the same story, and 
I don't know. I think that one has partly just a nostalgic thing. I mean, similar to yours. That was the first show you were in. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just watched that at the right time to, like, yeah. feel it without um, it being tainted by maturity and knowledge of like issues <laughs> where it's like oh wow yeah. these probably should have been played by different people some of these characters um yeah or maybe we're i don't know it they were trying to deal with a very serious thing mm-hmm. and the show itself is trying to deal with a very serious thing i don't know that i've ever seen it done very seriously um because we live in louisville kentucky uh, which we've discussed. People think they can just get away with stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we have a somewhat painfully segregated theater group system yeah. sometimes. So, um, which was not the case in this show that we just saw. No, so that was very interesting cool. to watch. Yeah, and I mean, I also, I've seen um, Mixed Race Romeo and Juliet where they make that part of the story. Um, I enjoyed seeing it where it was Roman and Juliet were a biracial couple but it was not part of the story hmm. um I feel like I've seen that like biracial couple this is part of why they're being like torn apart a lot of times and there's value in doing that definitely um but I think there's also value in letting them have the exact same um, misadventures as a same race couple would have um, and not making like a big part of their issue and the why, why they can't be together their race mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> can't it, cover every issue and every topic in every show yeah and like I've definitely seen it done really well and it has been interesting and I think um, there's value in doing that but I also think there's value in just presenting, like, these two baby actors who are just, like, puppy love in love with each other and haven't even really considered that their race is, like, part of their problems. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was Do excited it. to see that. Because um, they cast just one parent on each side, and they were both white. Uh, no. Juliet had both parents. Juliet had both. Oh yeah. Yes, Juliet because had they a mom. they have yeah conversations, but yeah, only one, only only a mom for Romeo. Mm-hmm. It was a small cast, Very which small cast. I mean, an impressively small cast. Um, yeah. Number of characters, and the speed with which many costume changes happened mm-hmm. right next to us, <laughs> which I think was part of the eclectic costume deal was like. How many things can you really change? I mean, they yeah. were doing the standard black outfit, put something on top of it, and it works. No, it works just sweater. fine, exactly. Yeah. But all that works and is mm-hmm. good. I think I also love West Side Story. I have never seen it live. Question mark. Maybe I saw it once when it was at center stage. But mm-hmm. I don't think I saw a real performance of it. I think I was just working there. Yeah. And I around it. it. Yeah. Um, I, the music from West Side Story is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it really is just like, 
one of the better retellings of Romeo and Juliet that does obviously involve race, but isn't, um, like, they did that purposefully. It doesn't feel like, like, they made it more a part of the story. Yeah, it's um, not an it's not an extra thing they're having trouble with or whatever. It's a, yeah. it's, this is kind of, this is the core. Mm-hmm. They're caught up in something much larger than themselves rather than they're the core and like everything else is happening around them. And I think one thing that it does that helps ground it, which is something that Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet does too, very briefly, obviously West Side Story like fleshes this out, but Mm. it gives a reason to the feud, Mm. which I feel like a lot of times and maybe this is the point. The stakes in Romeo and Juliet feel really low at first because it's like, okay, just like tell your dad. Yeah. Because even at the party, which she's not privy to this, but Romeo comes to the party and her cousin's super mad about it and her dad is, I mean, maybe he's drunk, maybe he doesn't care, whatever, but he's just kind of like, yeah, like let the boy live. We're not going to kill him in our house tonight. That's crazy. Yeah. He's He seems nice. Like, yeah. let him alone. Yeah. And obviously, as, like, decisions get made and the situation gets more dire, it becomes harder and harder to tell their parents really what's going on. But all we ever see from Romeo's mom and dad really is, like, well, we're really worried about him. We hope he's okay. Yeah. Like, we never get the feeling that, like, even though they're like, these well-off kids who probably have expectations of their rank or whatever that like their parents are really out here like forcing them to do things until they make terrible decisions yeah that forces their parents to force them to do things yeah um so i don't i think it's something that as a director like you kind of have to reconcile and you can like talk to your actors as much as you want to about like here are the reasons you hate each other. But even then, it's like, okay, we never really see that. We just see, like, the lesser characters brawling in the streets for, like, kicks. Yeah. And what is that really supposed to tell us about the adult people? I don't know. It's almost like Shakespeare was downplaying it, too. It's like, there probably isn't anything behind this, but... At this point, it's just, I mean, it's like legend. You just, yeah. it's just the way life is. It's half the Capulets and the, yeah, they just fight. Yeah. Like, we just hate each other. Mm. And I think that sometimes what people are doing when they do like a biracial cast or they give this like non textual reason that the families are fighting, I think it does try to help like the audience understand the seriousness of their situation um but I don't know if we're supposed to like maybe on some level we're supposed to be like it ain't that deep Hmm. and see how I don't know we make things worse in our own heads than they actually are I don't know I don't know either I mean obviously Baz Luhrmann sets them up as like mafia kind of like gang families who have competing empires Right. Um, West Side Story clearly 
sets up like a racial and class situation. But who knows? I mean, I think that that can definitely help. Because otherwise no... our brains are trying to make sense of it and it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense and then it might come across as silly, which might be the point. Yeah. I mean, there's no text for it. Yeah. Right? So it's yeah. like you either give it deep meaning or you let it exist without it. And mm -hmm. I think that means you're telling two different stories. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Just kind of have to mm -hmm. make up your mind. One of those interpretation things. You're reading into it either way. Like yeah. Like you're deciding and I think with this one like very much the vibe was like these are two people who are not thinking straight making rash decisions making very impulsive teenage decisions yeah and if they slowed their role and like tried to communicate better things would probably go better and I think there's that like there's so much validity in that um because that happens on like you know a micro scale all the time with teenagers yeah Things feel very, very big and very, very dramatic. Mm -hmm. And then, in this case, they become very big and dramatic. Because you have let them You've feel that way. You've acted on them as if they were. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is... Totally happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's interesting. I think, I think they made that choice. I feel like I've seen a lot of Romeo and Juliet's where they were just like, eh. They're fighting. Right. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a least favorite? We, again, we've seen a lot. Yes. Um, is it the one I was in? It is not the one Thank you God. were in. Um, oh my gosh. Because mostly because that was, I was in my very um, romanticizing theater phase at that point. Aww. Everything was kind of like, even if it was terrible, it was beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've told you about seeing Twinderella and thinking it was the most incredible show I'd ever seen in my life. Because I did it was not the, know that. It was the first show I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, amazing. But um, Wow, I'm honored. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it, it, I still have that program. It is, it's the first program in my stack because it holds a special place in my heart. I still have um, my script from that show. Oh my gosh. Because I like to bust it out when I'm teaching That's classes so and like tell people about it. They always think it's really funny. Amazing. Yeah. No, my least favorite was um, I went to see a live version and um, I think it was just me and my mom. So it was like a girls night to go see theater stuff and I was too, um, too old to be unaware but uh, too young to be mature about the fact that they just went a little further with the wedding night scene than I wanted. Oh. It's like, yeah, I just didn't want to think about the fact that yeah. they were going to just, like, get under the sheets in silhouette mm. way up there on right. that stage. It's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I just didn't want to think about that part. Yeah. Let's just do the parts that are actually in the script, please. <laughs> That'd and everyone was very scandalized that I and the when I directed put them in bed, but they were like sitting up and talking. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah different. And very different. Like, Some nobody was on top of nobody else. Yeah, everyone was like, <laughs> "You're gonna let them be in bed together?" I was like, "In it, front of 150 <laughs> people." Yeah, on a cardboard box. Well, not a card, but you know, on a wooden box. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's hysterical. <laughs> gonna be okay. Um, yikes. Yeah. It was yeah. just, it was just unfortunate. It's like, I get you're trying to be artistic up there, but stop it. Well, slap, and slap. I think on some level, um, some sort of like rating warning, like, right. hey, we're doing something. It, Cause it is, it is very much like in the version we saw last night, mm. it's pandemic. They didn't even touch faces. Nope. They did palm to palm as Holy Palmer's kiss in the For real. Hands. Yeah, which was adorable. <laughs> yes. Um, it was very cute. Yeah. And um, when they were saying goodbye at the window, like the last time they see each other mm-hmm. alive, and they like put all their hands together, I was like, that's cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a version of this where like nothing happens. And then, yeah, you could be like, more explicit but maybe you should tell people <laughs> right like hey this is like a pg-13 moment just just so you're aware um like we all know what how like, um, it's it's in the subtext leave it alone like leave it there maybe <laughs> whatever like, it's you, a fade to black sure and that's again it's a directing choice but like i just i was too young to appreciate the fact that it was an artistic directing choice yeah. and just went ew i also think <laughs> I'm always more surprised to see more, like, sexually explicit things Mm -hmm. in live theater than I ever would be in a movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, it's not, it's not explicit at all, but, like, there's, like, something of a sex scene in that Baz Luhrmann movie, Mm -hmm. and I never thought twice about it, but if I saw that, that exact same thing happened on stage I'd be like wow that's kind of yeah, a lot that, that is a lot um I think we accept in the back of our heads how much is fake without yeah. actively thinking it it's like okay you're watching it and you're invested but in the back of your head you know like yeah that there were 50 other people in that room <laughs> and that like I don't know if that makes it better or worse but like it's <laughs> worse yeah I don't know I I think, that helps me. I think I'm just thinking about my own acting career. I think I would rather have to like make out live with someone in front of 150 people than do it recorded over and over again at different angles in front of 50. Okay, that's who are very fair. And also, like, why does your face look like that? <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna need to do that again. Your nose was weird. Like, yeah, because mm. like I've gotten notes on physical intimacy before. It's always a little bit uncomfortable um, because it is it is sort of like someone being like, "This thing that you do naturally, it's not working. Isn't, for me. isn't good." <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's like 50 things for me to think about that. I'll just add that right in. No problem. Thank uh-huh. you. Um, <laughs> cool. I, yeah, I feel like that's what I would prefer. But then, again, being an audience member and seeing it, I'm always a little bit like, huh. Especially if I'm not expecting it. Like, I go see Rocky Horror when it's here every time. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know what you're getting into there. Yeah. That's whatever. I don't care. Um, but if I, but to take you by surprise, and I also think, like, 
most mainstream shows aren't doing things like that, whereas most mainstream movies, yeah. no one would have a problem with it. I think theater's a little... Prudish feels like such a weird word to use. Well, but, like, but as it's a parent, a little you bit can't more conservative skip the than scene. That. It's like you can't just like, all right, and we're gonna um, get popcorn. Yep, fast forward. Exactly. There's no mute button. It's just yes. like you're kind of there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we don't have, and there's lots of things wrong with our movie rating system, but we don't have that same sort of rating system for a live performance. That's true. Um, which, like, if I went to see, in this same vein, if I went to see a live performance that were as, like, gritty or bloody as some of the, like, horror or action movies I've seen, mm -hmm. I'd probably walk out because it would be overwhelming to me. Yeah. I would be like, absolutely not. Um, I don't know. Maybe there is something inherently more visceral about like a live experience seeing things yeah. like that but we don't have a way to quantify it or be like and that was an r-rated moment yeah right i mean like how do you make that a universal thing i mean we've yeah. kind of done that with movies there's the acceptable accepted like all right here's the line right there yeah that's it um how would you even quantify that and how would you moderate the, i don't know monitor right. it i guess um, I mean, we, the only things that I've seen notes for stuff like where it's super, super obvious, like this is a puppet show, but there's lots of cursing, like that yes. kind of thing where it could be easily confusing yes. or strobe lights, like <laughs> where you're going to have a physical issue yeah. potentially. Um, but I even feel like um, loud noises, but that's it. that I'm reading, like more modern books published in the past like two or three years, I'm seeing a lot more like author's notes about things that could be potentially triggering feels like such a 2015 word to use but I guess that's the word I'm yeah. going to use like I was reading this book recently it's a YA book um but there was very mild sex scene in it mm -hmm. and but, but in the beginning of the book the author was like hey this is a YA book but just huh. a heads up hopefully that we can handle this maturely and I was like, that's interesting, because it was also, it like, the third book in a series. And then, mm, like, a month ago, I was reading a book that had, like, uh, again, like, kind of a description of an assault. Hmm. And I feel like I've read books like that before. Definitely in high school, they make you read all kinds of terrible books about yeah, that kind of thing. And teachers warn you, but there's a warning in the book. Right. But this book had just, like, a quick author's note that was, like, this book is going to explore some of these themes. If that is something that you might find upsetting, maybe best to skip this one. Check huh. out some of my other books that don't include these. <laughs> huh. I think that... I wonder if that's because we expect people to, like, do research on a show before they come, but we don't expect that of a book. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I also feel like I don't. I, I... And I say we as in, like, people in theater, not me. Because yes. I wouldn't have that expectation. Like, I yeah. wouldn't expect someone to look up anything that I directed before they got there. Yeah. But is that something that we 
that I remember the theater expects. When I was like 16, I was in Chicago with my parents and we saw God of Carnage, mm-hmm. um, which in the title one would think like, okay. Um, but we didn't know anything about the show. My dad just wanted to take me to see something and it was like getting really great reviews. It's a good show. Um, definitely fine for a 16 year old to see. But I think that, again, it was just one of those things where we were just going based off of, like, this is getting really great reviews. It's here. It has this great actor in it. It's at the Goodman, so, like, it'll be good. (laughs) Right. Um, And there was no kind of, like, well, what's this about? Hmm. Um, I remember even when I... My dad travels for work, and when he's in New York, if he has time, he'll ask me what show running on Broadway he should see. And I sent him to see If Then, because I was like, you should see yeah. Adina Menzel live in person yeah. while she's there. I was like, uh, look up stuff, heads up, this is not like, I'm not sending you for plot, I'm not sending you because I right. think you'll really like it, I am sending you because you should see Adina Menzel in mm-hmm. person. Purely experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, for bragging rights for you. If you want... And I literally was like, if you want to see something that you just think will be, like, fun times, go see Mama Mia. Yeah, there you, and you'll like that. That's great. But he went to see If Then because he agreed with me that he should. And because I've taken him to see Mama Mia before. Um, and he was very much, like... I'm very surprised that, like, when he looked up the show, it was just, like... Star, I didn't even tell, like, blah, 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 whatever. Because I did tell him to, like, look into it. Yeah. Um, and not even that it's, like, that terrible, but that just, like, a lot of cursing. Like, it's intense. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I feel like even when you do some basic research, those kinds of things aren't as easy to find. Yeah. You're, you get more, like, plot overview. And if the show is, you know like the full Monty or something, then you can insinuate, okay, well, I'm going to see nudity, I'm going to see this, I'm going to see that, but overall, I think it's kind of hard in the theater space to do that. I don't know. I'm also wondering if we're, like, as a society, more aware that, like, just presenting things without any kind of context, could be harmful to people. Um, Hmm. Like you mean aware now, and maybe this is something that's changing? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see that. I mean, the the rating system has changed within our lifetimes, question mark? I think so. Right before? Right before. Like, I mean, because it was what, Indiana Jones, that caused the PG-13 rating, right? I think so. Something like that. So it's relatively recent. And it's also, like, a little subjective. I I want to yeah. say this movie's called The Hustle, but someone will tell me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. Um, but it's Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. It's The Hustle, yeah. Okay. Uh, they got an R rating at first, and they took it to court. But, and with all of these examples of, like, men buddy hmm. action comedy movies. That For cursing? Cursing and something else. Like, um... Because the cursing one's pretty clear. It's like you have like this certain amount of F words, like you're, you're done. Oh, okay. 
I'm not 100% sure, but I, I do remember that they took it to court because I was obsessed with the story at the time because Rebel Wilson's a lawyer, who knew, and she defended them in court. Yes, That's I was amazing. obsessed with the story at the time. I thought that, that was so cool. Um, That's really interesting. But yeah, they took the... They yeah. took the show to court to get the rating changed. Um, so I do think that there's, like, adult themes or, like, sexually explicit content. Like, there is a little bit of subjectivity there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I also think, like, I saw a Measure for Measure done two years ago, maybe? A year and a half ago? No. It's 2021 now. It is. I saw it at some point in 2019. There you go. And in Measure for Measure, there is this moment where Angelo is, like, telling Isabella, um, like, sleep with me and I will not kill your brother. Hmm. And she's going to be a nun or whatever, so she's like, No. Um, anyway, so she's going to be a nun. Also, that's a rude thing to say to someone, so she says no. Sure. And he's like, well, I'm asking, but I don't have to. Hmm. And <clears throat> that's very much the vibe of the next little bit of their interaction. That ends with him saying, like, who's going to believe you? Because she's saying, like, I'll run, I'll scream, like, you don't touch mm-hmm. me, whatever. And he's like, you know, I'm the Duke and you're no one. Um, There's a version of that that's like, again, we have seen this. We saw it when we were teenagers and uh, teenagers were doing it. Or maybe you didn't. You might have been in Europe. I saw it when... Did someone, was someone, yes, they were. Yes. Yes, Yes, I did see that. Okay. I did. Um, But it was teenagers, and so it was pretty mild. Yeah. Like, he definitely um, pushes her, and she falls down the stairs, but it's, like, not, the vibe is not as intense as, but I saw it in person with grown people at a place that likes to do things intensely. Mm. (laughs) And it was so dramatic like mm. and I was sitting there thinking like Measure for Measure is built as a comedy that's the first thing mm-hmm. if you don't know much about Shakespeare let's say you just have season tickets to a place it's like oh Measure for Measure is coming it's Shakespeare it's built as a comedy maybe you're not looking into that very much I knew a, like the first scene in the brothel that, like, it was going to be hmm. some type of way when we got to that scene. Um, so I was, like, mentally preparing myself for it. But if you don't know that that's coming, if you don't know anything about the show, there's very much a version of that that's like, holy crap, what the heck? Yeah. Um, and gets you, like... <clears throat> I think it's okay to feel those feelings watching something. But maybe you should be a willing participant yeah yeah that's a really good way to put it (laughs) and i think if you're not expecting it then you've been this is not the show you thought you were going to see yeah huh 
Um, and something about, and again, to your point, if you're not a willing participant, you're watching a movie and that happens, you can walk away, you can pause it, you can be like, oh shoot, you can fast forward, you can you can do things to dull your experience that help you cope. But live and in person, like, watching a woman, like, scream and try to get away from someone in a way that was done purposefully to be upsetting, which is a valid interpretation of the text, Mm -hmm. is upsetting. And had I not had context and been watching the show, the the vibe was off on already, I would have definitely been like, dang. Yeah. That was, that was a lot. Yeah, I don't know how, though. So, for example, I didn't, you told me The Wolves was really good. I go to see it. Cody doesn't know what the story is. Mm. He's bawling his eyes out at the end. But in a good way. No, I mean, like, the thing is, it was good. But it was incredibly emotional. Mm -hmm. Because he wasn't expecting it. Yeah. So, how do you create that protective space without losing the emotional power. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think... I think it's hard. Um, because... I think if you set up your... The struggle with the wolves, too is that it's about young people. And I think that in our society, we have this, like, fallacy that things about young people are for young people. Mm. Um, and But should you... not be played by young people. <laughs> We're talking yeah. about that. Yes, it's complicated. It is very complicated. I think that The Wolves is definitely for teenage girls. Like, teenage girls could go see it. But I think if you were a teenage girl who had issues around some of the topics that they go over that were raw for you, like you hadn't been dealing with them, I think it could be really difficult to sit and watch something like that. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to say, like, it has a PG-13 rating for adult themes and um big depresso ending yeah right yeah i mean and the woman who played the mom did such a good job yeah because i think it would be very hard to be someone who didn't show up at all until the last three minutes yeah maybe yeah and then have to carry the emotional weight of the show on your back in a monologue so she did phenomenal. Um, I don't know. Maybe I've brought up a topic that's like difficult. It is. Well, I don't think that's a reason out. not to talk about it because yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm sure there are other people who want at least want to or are talking about it. Yeah. I mean, you've got parents who want to introduce their kids to theater. That's going to be hard for me if I ever have mm-hmm. kids, like to decide. Okay, what what's too much? Yeah, like, like I, I want have to go see it first. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, is expensive mm-hmm. to like preview every show your kid goes to see. You can do that with a movie. It's cheaper. Mm. It's way cheaper to go. Even yeah. to see a movie in a theater sometimes is is less expensive than to go see anything professional. 
And if you go see reviews, um, if you seek those out for theater, I have um, been involved in shows where I we wait for the review to come out. And I've been involved in shows, um, the John, uh, John Logan play I was involved in, Red, mm-hmm. which should, if it were a movie, would be rated R for tons of cursing. Yeah. Um, like, there were a couple, suicidal like a, ideation. Yeah. Um, like, lots of things that it would be the whole murder part mm-hmm. so that that would be that would be a rated r movie if someone made that into a film exactly the way it's written right we i was we were obsessed with that show everyone was involved was like very intense wanted it to be so good we were like waiting for the review review comes out and it's not it's not like a movie review where it's like talks about those things mm. The review talks a lot about the acting, a lot about how beautiful the set was, and it was, um, and it, and, and it very much was like, you should go see it, we don't want to spoil the ending, we're not going to tell you how it ends, even though, like, the ending is one of the more intense parts, so... I, I think even if you were trying to do your due diligence and, like, really reading and looking into it, it would be difficult to know. Because um, even as a theater person, when people were asking me what I was working on, to everyone, I was like, you should see this. It's amazing. Not really giving a ton of thought. Exactly how I did with the wolves yeah. with you guys. Yeah. I knew you had looked at the script. Right. Yeah, I knew what was coming. But, but I... even to other people, I was like, you should go see this. It's so good. I'm obsessed. Like, yeah. blah, 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 whatever. And because that's the kind of thing that you don't know about people. It's like, mm. it's not like everybody's walking around with their, their name, name tag. It's like, oh, yeah, this is my thing that I really probably shouldn't deal. I'm not dealing with, but I've got yeah. in here. Like. You can't be aware of that for everybody. Yeah. They have to be aware of that for themselves. So then if they're going into a situation that they can't control that, mm-hmm. that's mostly on them. How much of that is on the reviewers, on the theater, on the director yeah. to, like, prep people? I don't know. And we were talking, um, I, in the fall of 2019, was stage managing a show about suicide. And <clears throat> and religion uh, were, like, the two big themes of the mm-hmm. show. And we were going to do these talkback panels, which are pretty popular in theater right now, where the audience can stay and listen to some different people talk. And in the panel, when we were, like, floating ideas of folks who could be there, typically you'll have, like, the director, the lead actors, um, maybe, like, a design person, and then you'll have, like, experts about the thing that the show's about. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about getting all of these, like, pastors or different people, like, theologians to come and express, um, you know, their thoughts or, like, help people with some of the religious questions that the show brought up. And um, I was, like, the only person working on the show who was, like, religious or spiritual at all. And so they asked me what I thought about that. I was like, I think that's great. Do that if you want to do it. Y'all need a therapist on this panel. And they were like, literally why? I was like... 
I am a person who has struggled with depression. I am also a person of faith. Uh, this show, I'm not sitting around thinking deep thoughts about my faith. It has not triggered a crisis of faith for me. It's, as it's asking very basic faith questions, in my opinion. Right. For other people, maybe not. But it's, it's faith questions that I feel like every person of faith eventually has to reconcile with. What's more to the point is that your main character is rescued from a suicide, spends the entire narrative of the show trying to be talked out of that, and he leaves and you don't know what happens. And that is going to be... That's going to mess people up. Yeah. And they don't know. I mean, it's not like we were advertising it as this play that was like, hey, be careful. Mm -hmm. But I know at least two people who I told not to come see it because I was like... Whatever. This is not a conversation you need to hear right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's an argument that that is a, a valuable conversation to have in the arts. I don't particularly love the script or the way it was presented. I don't think that, I don't think that that was the way to do it. But I think the conversation is valuable to have. But it's not, that doesn't mean everyone needs to hear it. Yeah. And that also doesn't mean that, like, randos who just like to come see this certain actor and things or have season tickets to your playhouse are prepared for that level of conversation i mean they're not here to ask um but all of the other i was the only girl all the other men that were involved <laughs> in that show yeah. um i think if we were to ask them each one of them would say like emotionally we were put through the ringer by that mm. show um I know that I was and I wasn't acting it every night yeah. I was just listening there, to it listening yeah. to it but night after night listening to it and I was calling a therapist I was like I'm not doing this <laughs> yeah. anymore yeah um but I I never really thought about that I it was a hard time for me but just because of how emotionally taxing listening to that every night is for months but I never really thought about it so much in terms of the audience who didn't have the benefit that I did of like having read the script or knowing a little bit about the author before someone handed it to me and said, hey, will you work on this with me? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this person wrote it? Depresso. <laughs> right, yes. And have a little bit of an expectation. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think... I guess this is what I'll say. If you're... If giving a mild warning at the beginning, like, hey, this show deals with adult themes of life and death even if you didn't want to say suicide sure if that's how you were going to let people know um about the show and maybe even like if you think that that is something that you should know more about before coming here's a link to a helpful resource we've put together yeah like a like a spoilers page <laughs> yeah or something that's, um, that's an interesting idea if you know that your show has things like that that people should be aware of maybe there's a way to let people know and direct them towards tools or information 
both for preparing themselves and for like after the fact because that was my thing about putting a therapist on the talkback panel I was like I don't think we should vomit this on people yeah (laughs) and then send them off into the world um without any kind of a resource you think about tv shows that you watch that deal with like heavy themes and then at the end they'll always be like if you're struggling with whatever, whatever, yeah, here's the phone number you can call. Yeah, yeah like that's a really good point. The bare minimum. Right. But it's something. And again, you can skip it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip that episode or whatever. Like, it always comes with some kind of a warning. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if there's, like, a way to do it. Your um, Romeo and Juliet that you didn't, like, led us to a very serious conversation. Why? Yeah, I know. My Romeo and Juliet that I didn't like was literally just because they put Lord Capulet in a thong and they made him run on a treadmill. And, like, you could argue I it's think also that need, triggering. That, absolutely. That needed a warning label, I fully... Because I knew some people that went and saw that with children. And oh, really? No yes. One, one. Yeah, not good. So, but that also needed a warning. <clears throat> but for two reasons... Nudity alert. Nudity alert. When I think back on that Romeo and Juliet, lots of things. Number one, (laughs) I drove in from college to see it like an hour and 15 minute drive. I was so mad that I did that. And then I had to drive back that night and I was irate because of how not good it was. Uh. Two, it was like 100% modern. Like they were texting the prologue. And um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Crazy Rich Asians, but it had a very similar vibe to the beginning of that movie where they're all trying to figure out who the, like, super wealthy guy is dating. That's how it felt, which could have been interesting, but it just fell short. And then Romeo was a vlogger, so the wedding night scene, they were in a bed, but also he was holding a camera. I'm... Doing I like a pantomime for Shannon. that. But no one can see that. He was holding a cam. He was like laying down in bed and holding like his phone or like a vlog camera up in front, like over top of them. And it wasn't like super explicit or anything, but you could see it projected on the screen. So you had this like dual perspective of what was going on. It's very bizarre. All of this is neither here nor there. The the two. They just really things- wanted to use technology. Yeah, the two big things that were just like, literally, what the heck. 75-year-old Lord Capulet running on a treadmill in a thong speedo. It's just not necessary. And then they had a literal pool on stage that they drowned Tybalt in. Oh. Which was a super violent death. Um, I have seen... So many sword fights, fist fights, seeing people get shot on stage, all of that. Nothing has ever been as viscerally disturbing to me, death-wise, as watching someone get choked out and then drown live on stage. No thanks, no. It was so disturbing, made even more so by, and I don't know how they did this, but the pool, like, stage covered it up most of the time. So it existed in all the scenes of the Capulet's house, and that scene was like outside the Capulet's house is where we were supposed to be. They covered him up in there. And I don't know how they did it. What? So it's very interesting. I mean, this has been 
11 Okay, but like you want to be backstage for that. Like that's amazing and I, horrifying. I have to know. I don't know how they did it. I'm sure now I actually know people who were involved. That's, I could probably find wow. out. But I, it's so disturbing to me. I don't like to talk about it that much. But like they covered him up and then I remember leaving and he was sitting there's like a image I have in my head the like flash bulb. Um, so the guy that I went with, he and I are leaving. We're like walking out to the parking garage. The guy that played Tibble is sitting on the back stairs of the theater smoking. And I remember seeing him and literally just being like, he's alive. <laughs> Not dead. <laughs> like having the feeling of like, oh, I'm glad that I saw that because that was going to bug me. Which I know I wasn't crazy. totally sure he was alive. I know that's insane. Now I'm sure. But, like, I'm glad I saw him. Wow. And, and I think about him sometimes. And I'm like, glad you're okay. That's nuts. Also, Mercutio wrapped, which is just like, for what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad I did not see that one. It was a mess. <laughs> that does not sound fun. But that drowning thing could have been super disturbing absolutely disturbing oh for someone gosh. yeah i know some people who definitely should not see that like absolutely not yeah so it was just kind of like literally what the heck um yeah i don't know i think i think especially post pandemic pe- people are just gonna be <clears throat> even if they don't realize it a little emotionally raw and so maybe there's a way to be like still present serious stories and serious topics but like be gentle yeah um be more cognizant and if your story can't survive a little bit of a trigger warning then like maybe you should think about the way it's being presented because if it's gonna ruin it for people to know that there's like adult themes or i don't know excessive cursing or whatever if that's gonna ruin your show for someone then like maybe you didn't have that great of a show to begin with yeah you might be resting on shock value which lots of movies do so yes (laughs) and get away with it because Mm -hmm. they can go fast yeah hmm I don't know definitely seems like something that they could could use work yeah there are still things to be improved We've said this before, but I think I think it's foolish to have such a big time away and then just, like, gung-ho go back to exactly the way you were doing things before. Yeah. Like, I say this in acting to my students all the time, but let the change change you. Like, don't be so eager to go back that you're not fixing problems. I mean, we're already seeing that with um, lots of drama happening on Broadway right now with yeah. producers and folks who are so ready to come back that they're willing to overlook bad behavior from people that maybe should have moved on from this job a while ago. Right. Yeah. So I think there's just a way to be mindful about coming back smart and strong. Very, very well said. Thank you, Kentucky Shakespeare, for continuing to to do things. Really out here doing the work, guys. Yes, yes. We appreciate you. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And we'll be here this summer, even though it's going to be later and so hot. (laughs) But we're we're here. We're doing it. absolutely. We'll be out there. Yeah. I'm excited for, like, going back to doing the, like, 
late night parking lot talks when it's like still muggy and like a little bit gross, but the show was so good. Yeah. That's what I'm ready for. Can't leave yet. <laughs> exactly. Got, got thoughts and things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can ask people for a serious thing, like if they have a better way to warn people. Yeah. Or if they've seen something that was triggering and wish they had known about it beforehand. Mm. What and, would have been helpful for them. Yeah. Um, we would... That would be helpful. ...like to know that as we go back to making things. Yeah. That... Uh, just an awareness that I don't know that a lot of us have had. Yeah. But now we have kind of the recognition that other people have other issues. It's like, you know the stuff that you would want noted. How do you be aware of the stuff that other people would want noted? Exactly. Um, and if you think a rating system for theater is a good idea or if we should just put warnings on things and let people choose for themselves. Yeah. Great. Um, you can tell us that by emailing us at uncertaintheater at gmail.com U-N-C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-H-E-A-T-R-E at gmail.com or you can text us or leave us a voicemail at 502-627-0296. Bye. Bye. Hello, Bumblebee. Go Um, back to your hive, please. You don't need to be here. I'm not a flower. Cover up my tattoo. Um, (laughs) It's a friend. It thinks it knows me. Okay. Right there. Um, Go home. (laughs) Good lord. This bee is obsessed with my face. Yes. I think it's the hair. Um, rude. Yeah. Well. Really? I, I'm Should kidding. I no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you look like a flower. Oh, thank you.